to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I want you to, for a moment, follow me in a story because it, it kind of just lands the heart of where I want to go today. Um, if you were to have dinner with a lovely lady, let's, let's put it from a man's perspective, and um, there's two scenarios, and I, and I want you to choose one. The first one is um, you get home, um, imagine if, if you're not married, just imagine um, if you are married, then just go there. So you're married to a person and, and, and you get home and everything is perfect. Um, the, the smell in the kitchen and a table is set, it looks just the way you like it. Just the way, it's just on time. You arrive on time. Everything is perfect and out of the kitchen comes a perfect dish of food. Okay? But, but there's a problem, and, and that's in the way it gets delivered. Here's your food, the way you like it. And there's a tension in the house. Now, the food is great, and the, and, the, and, 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 the, and the environment is just the way you like it, but there's a tension from the person. There, there's, a, there's, there's something that comes out of the heart of that person. Maybe it's offense. You, you fill in the blanks. On the other side, you come home. It's option B. And um, everything is not perfect. Okay. Daar is die reek van iets wat gebrand het in die huis. Okay. You want to phone the fire department, but it's just coming out of a kitchen. Um, uh, everything is black. Uh, she messed it up again. Uh, she salvaged some part of the veggies. Die steak is nie done. is oor. But she presents it to you and, and she says, I wish, I wish this was the way you like it, but I think I messed it up. I will try again tomorrow night. Where do you want to eat? Which dinner is more tasty? Option B. Why? Why is it, why is it that almost, guys, do you agree with me? Will, will you guys opt for option two? Okay. <laughs> Ladies, you can thank me later. And there's nothing wrong with great cooking also. Why is it that we all agree on that? Why is it that we can all say option two? I'll tell you why there's something in our heart that makes us to be like God. We are made in His image and something in our heart reflects something from God's heart. We are attracted to tasty hearts, okay, more than plates of food. Isn't that true? Maybe for a moment we attracted to, to stuff like money and cars, but at the end it never lasts. We are attracted to hearts. We are all the same. And God is just like that. What a shame 
that pastors like me sometimes pretend to be perfect. What a shame that a pastor has a rough week, gets it wrong, but he just, he just repents in time for church and he just prepares and, and then, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. It's a shame, I'll tell you that. Because it's not what's attractive to us, amen? I had a rough week this week, so let me flip it around. I was tired this week. There was times when I felt bad for not praying a whole day. At one stage this week, I felt, Lord, how can I preach to people? There's my week. I spoke and I was driving here. And, and, I, and I could recall at least two conversations. I wish I could change the tone of my voice and the outcome of that conversation. The dishes I serve is not tasty. And the dishes you serve are not always tasty. But how sweet the pure heart. Amen. And that's the tone I want to set for today. So don't lose me. I want to, I want to talk today about comeback. Everyone needs a second chance. You, me, everyone else. A sudden crash. I want to talk about what happened in Peter's life. And it's going to, I'm going to just go through a few verses. Don't lose me. It's just to give you the background of a story. I don't want to dump a lot of scripture on you. I'm, I'm going to tell a story and I'm not going to talk too much on it until I get to the, the piece of scripture where I want to unpack this hard thing. Everyone with me? Can I pray for myself for a moment? I need that. Father, I want to thank you that you are here because of hearts that's longing for you. So feed us with what is good. I must become less. You must become more. We must become less. You must become more. Minister to us this morning. Amen. Jesus is gathering his disciples and he's preparing them for his death and things that's happening. And, 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 and here he is in Mark 1427 and Jesus said to them you will all fall away it's not a great speech to you for it is written I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered but after I am raised up I will go before you to Galilee and Peter said to him even though they all fall away I will not And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. I'm just fast forward. I'm just, I'm just taking Peter's story, and I'm just puzzling it together out of the Gospels. Fast forwarding a bit, um, Jesus is captured. It's, it's not a great night for Jesus, not the, the, the most comfortable evening. Peter's following from a distance, and he ends up in quarters where there's probably people hanging around, people interrogating Jesus on the inside. There's maybe a fire, and people are gathering, and now this conversation comes up. And, and seeing people, uh, Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, this is now someone that recognizes Peter. You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. 
same evening as this previous bravery, this conversation. But he denied it, saying, I neither know, know nor understand what you mean. He, he plays dumb. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw, saw him and began to say to the bystanders, the man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down. And he wept. And he broke down. And he wept. A sudden crash. There's a moment of realizing what happened. For him it was denying Jesus. For us it's different things. For you it might, might be one big thing. It might be this one broken relationship. It might be broken trust. Maybe you walked away from God. Maybe you neglected your calling or are still doing it at this moment. And at some time or at a moment, you came to a realization and it left you like this. He broke down and he wept, knowing what he did. What happens is Jesus gets crucified. I'm not going to say a lot on that. There's, there's some... Um, there's some content coming on the crucifixion and the resurrection and in the comeback as we progress. But Jesus raises from the death. And some people come to find him in Mark 16 verse 4. I'm just going on with a story. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. Jesus was not there but there was an angel sitting there as the story progressed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. Go tell his disciples and, and Peter. Why? What did he say? What was in his heart? Maybe he said to the guys, listen, I'm speculating. There's different things. Maybe he said, listen, I, I'm not cut out for this. This is, not, this is not where I fit in. My season is over. <laughs> I'm done. And so the angel speaks, go tell his disciples, but, but make sure you tell Peter he's coming. Everyone with me? Right. This is what happens. And now we land on this conversation. Just one or two verses before we get to the conversation, just to give you some background. John 21, that's our scripture for today. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Now, that was the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of, 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 of John now links in on the timeline to the, place, to the time when Jesus went to see them. Simon Peter 
Thomas, Nathaniel of Canaan of the Galilee, and the sons. So they named the people. Just look at that, those names. Simon Peter. Now they're naming a few people. Look at those first three names. Firstly, Simon, the one that denied Jesus, right? That's Peter. Thomas, right? It's not getting a lot better. He didn't believe that Jesus rose. All right? Nathaniel, who knows him? That's not the old from Africa, I'm going to call okay? This guy said nothing good can come from the place where Jesus comes from. And so they name all these people that at one stage had it terribly wrong. Jesus on his way to them. All right? Everyone with me? Verse 3, and Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. I'm going to give you six points this morning. Are you with me with your notebooks? To make your comeback number one, when you need a comeback, Jesus will come and look for you. When you need a comeback, He will come for you. Peter, Thomas, Jan George, Henny, Werner, Paul, He's coming. He eliminates distance. There's something in the air. And, 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 and at this time what happens is Jesus, always our humble servant, will come and look for us. Even if we have turned away. He comes and he stands on the shore. You don't even know it's him, but he's already in your vicinity. He is there awaiting the moment. When you can engage again, he takes the first steps. He seeks them out. He finds them. He patiently waits while they are rowing around, not catching any fish. He will come and he will look for you. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of a boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Listen, listen just an ad break. It's hard to preach after worship like that, amen? From the front and from the back. I really had an amazing time. It's awesome to be with you guys. And I must come. Because when I marry people in Sukunda, they move here. So it's Pikiais Basuk. They're sitting here. They know who they are. That's got nothing to do with anything. They were not able to hold it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, John speaking about himself, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. It's Jesus. He came. Just like he said. And when Simon Peter heard it, heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work. Explain that to me. 
what is that skinny fishing or what? <laughs> okay, he was stripped for work. And so he puts his clothes on before he swims. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's just John making fun of Peter because he's always telling him the right stuff, beating him in sprints and stuff like that. But Peter is a funny kind of fisherman and his friend still loves him. He's got his own way around doing stuff, but as long as it works, I guess it's okay. Um, so he puts on his clothes and everyone's like, praise the Lord. And he, he gets into the sea. Sorry, I, I love the Bible. I, I love it in Acts when they go to Simon, the tanner who lives by the sea. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Google it. It's true. Not now. Phone's on flight mode in church. Okay. And so the other disciples came in the boat, dragged the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When you see him, swim to him, number two. Draw to Him. I know Scripture says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Listen, He has drawn near first on the cross. I love this offering message. Become aware when you see Him, He is there. Jump in. Go. He already eliminated all the distance. He is with you. If there's a moment, if there's a moment when you realize that there's something happening in your heart, don't sit, jump. It's your moment of grace. There's a door, go through it. Get out of a boat, swim. Okay? Draw near to Him. Are you with me? He's helping you to make a comeback. This is how this works doesn't matter what kind of comeback you need. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. All right? And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, so he does some of the work as well. Full of large fish, 153 of them. Isn't that an interesting stat? And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished breakfast, here, here it comes, die wit olifant was daar by breakfast. Hy daar gesit en die 153 visse. And now... It's coming. You know, I mean, have you been called into your boss's office? 
And then it's like, do you like some tea? <laughs> and then you're like, is this a trick? Okay, yes. And then it's like, oh, you know, talking and all of the Jerry Springbokke gekeek. You know, did you did you watch some sport? What are you doing? And then, okay, <clears throat> okay, right. So, and then you know, boom, it's coming. Now that is that moment, okay. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Now, commentators might say, what does more than these mean? And there's, and there's different things. Here's what I think. Jesus is leading him to a moment of vulnerability. And just a while back, he's saying to Jesus, if they walk away, I will stay. I will die, even if it costs me my life. Things turned out not so great. We're on the beach, and I think Jesus is asking him, so do you love me more than these disciples? He's taking him back just a while back to the evening where he said, if they walk away, I will not. And Jesus is he's not being diplomatic here. He's putting his finger right east. Gani, the tears now up. Okay. He's going for the conversation. He wants to have that conversation. Number three. Jesus will initiate vulnerable conversations with you before you can make a proper comeback. You cannot leave it undone. We must talk about it. There must be a conversation. Something must happen between you and him or there is no comeback. You're only playing with yourself. You're only fooling yourself. It's very hard, but let me tell you what, and I think I've shared this with you guys as well. God opened my eyes one day. I was um, in a, it was a leadership thing that another church in Secunda was, was doing. And I just went there just to receive and, um, and just sit there, not worry about snacks and projectors and stuff. It was very good. And, and something landed in my heart um, that if I want to make it all the way as a leader, I'm going to have to learn to be a vulnerable leader. People must be able to give me feedback. And I asked some friends to um, ask them a question to, to give me feedback on certain things. And the feedback was brutal. Okay, It is not nice to hear bad things about yourself. I'll tell you that. But I never grew as much as the two months after that. Never. And I knew that where the feedback came from, came from a loving heart. Jesus loved those kind of conversations with us because it actually propels us forward. But it is the one thing we're trying to avoid in life. Don't do that. Engage it. Get people around you that loves you because Christ will speak through them. Isn't that true? Amen. And he said to him a second time, going on, that was number three, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Now, something happened here, which is very interesting. Let me just read the next verse as well. And he said to him a third time, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved before because he said to him, third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And he said to him, feed my sheep. Now, some of you viewed the little video clip, and I just want to share it again with everyone here. The language Jesus are using on this point, do you love me more than this? Are you flat out for me? Are you going all the way? Is, is he's using the, the word for love, agapeo, which, mean, which takes Peter again back to his conversation. I love you more than this, even if they walk away. I will never leave you. I will die, which is quite a complete love. And Christ takes him on his word. Do you love me like that? Let's talk about it. Let's, let's deal with this elephant and get it out here. And Peter answers for the first time probably in a lot of gospel accounts. He comes with a lot of humility. And he says the word he uses, filio, filios, which means I love you like a brother. He is saying for the first time, he is actually confessing, I don't love you with this massive love, this bravado that I have been communicating to you all this time, for the first time. He is starting to get it. Where do you want to eat? The burnt food with a humble heart or the perfect plate where there's tension, arrogance? Peter is shifting from saying, I'm dishing the perfect dish. I'll do it perfect. Look at me. I'm awesome. And he's now moving over. And he said, listen, I, I, I realize I'm, I'm messing up. I really want to get this right. Can you see he's, he's changed from homes to the one we like to eat. He is making a comeback. But Jesus asked him again the second time. And he says the same way. He asked him again. He's testing me. Do you love me fully? Again, Agapeo. He says, Philios. Second time. The third time Jesus says, do you love me like a brother? Jesus lowers his standard. And Peter answers him, yes, you know I do. What is Jesus saying to him? He says, I'm okay with you burning the food. Just be real about it. We are having this conversation and you are, for the first time, you know where you are at and you are honest with me. This is the comeback he made. It is powerful. Are you with me? Number four, be honest about your heart's limitations. Look at my spelling errors because I'm not at Secunda because before the service, they edit my whole thing again. I'm sorry. Be honest about you heart's limitations. It's a new street slang. It's very, everyone will be using it in a while. <laughs> be honest about your heart's limitations. It is part of your comeback conversation. Every time Jesus answers, he says, tend to my sheep or feed my lambs. Number five, Peter makes a comeback so that he can help others make a comeback. Why do you have to go through all this, Mariette? Where's Mariette? Everything up to point number four happens this side of a wall. You need to get ready in your heart. We need to get there as a congregation. But why? 
so that we can go over the wall and help others make a comeback. Amen? It's a responsibility you and I have. We have to swim to Him. We have to engage in the vulnerable conversations about our sin and where we're at. We have to be honest. He loves it. And then He can use us. I believe in the local church with all my heart. Because if you stick around me and around Henny for long enough, you know our limitations. You know we have feet of clay. You know we're not perfect. And that is needed to lead a group of people. I don't believe in people driving all over and just talking to people. There's a place for that. I mean, you can trust anyone Henny brings in. But I believe in the local church because of this. I've got nothing to hide. I am broken and God uses me. Both. And the same for you that wants to be a small group leader, wants to be a great husband and a great father. You are both broken and usable by God. Both. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Jesus is saying to Peter, one day you will die for me. Like you said that evening. You are being prepared to love me with that full love. You are real with where you are at right now, but I can see because of this conversation, it's going to become complete because love can grow. And they will want to kill you for loving me. And you'll say, kill me. But just not in the same way. Just turn me upside down. And so it happened. That this man's broken love for Christ developed up to a place of being very, very strong. Isn't that amazing? Number six. With reliance on Jesus, embrace the journey God has for you. You will not embark on your journey if you don't navigate yourself past number two, three, four, five. What I love about the gospel is that I can say what I said this morning, that I, that, that I don't have it. I, I just love it. That means that God can use me and you. Imagine coming to a place, to a church where everyone appears to be perfect. Imagine. He wants us to be real. And He's ready to meet you where you're at. Amen? Can we stand this morning? I want to pray for you and then I want to hand over to young George. Father, I want to thank you for every heart that is in this place, Lord. How sweet the smell of a broken heart. How beautiful the heart that is vulnerable. It is much more precious than appearance of perfection. Perfection.
And then you walk into our lives. And you complete us, Lord. And you walk into our situations and everything changed, Lord. Less of us and more of you, King Jesus. You come to us and you lift us up. We don't love you with a full love, Lord. We say it from the start. We don't. You love us that way. Our love is sometimes sentimental. It gets lost between other priorities. We love you only with a broken love. But we love you. Meet us where we're at. Help us to make a comeback, Lord, to bring our hearts back to you. Help this congregation to make a comeback. Help Sukuna to make a comeback. Help your body all over this town to make a comeback. Help individuals, help marriages in this place to make a comeback. How? Through godly humility and vulnerability and honesty in the presence of Jesus.